This episode of the Kutu Muay Thai podcast is brought to you by PMTLifestyle.com, authentic Muay Thai lifestyle by Kutu. Definitely go check out the website at PMTLifestyle.com for some awesome lifestyle merchandise. That's for those of you out there either involved in Muay Thai, looking at getting involved in Muay Thai, and embrace a healthier lifestyle to live the life of Nak Muay. Go check it out. So Wadi Kap, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Pu'u Muay Thai Podcast. So Wadi Kap, guys. This is Crew Jonathan over here at the Pu'u Muay Thai Podcast. Uh, today, I have my brother, Coach Josh, in. We're going to continue on some of uh, kind of like how Pu'u Muay Thai became to be. We had a uh, part one. Uh, where we left off where I, I first moved back up to Ventura after I was living in North Hollywood uh, with Ajanaquid. Um, but yeah, how you doing today, bro? Doing very well. What about you? Uh, doing good. Uh, just uh, I was up training with Coach Ryan today up in Santa Barbara. Uh, my first, the second time being up there since the whole shutdown and stuff like that too. Um, so super stoked to go up there and train with him. We made some video content for Santa Barbara. Sweet. So it was pretty, yeah, pretty awesome. Had some video of him holding pads for uh, Carolina and stuff like that too. Really cool. Yeah, super happy to be able to do it. Um, yeah, I spent a lot of time up in Santa Barbara. Yeah, you've you've been up there a lot, and I, I've been like that's been my thing is to go up there and be able to train Ryan. Yeah. And uh, he's been ha- having that spark to train again, which is awesome. He's been sparring with the students and everything too. That's good. Yeah. So today he was super dead. He's like, man, I didn't sleep well last night. And uh, I just want to be able to, like, go up there and make him train a little bit. And he moved the body. He held some pads for me and stuff like that, too. Um, it was just awesome to be able to get back to it that way. Um, so I know we have a couple people coming in here. Uh, if you guys are listening to this uh, later on Spotify and iTunes, we're also live on Instagram right now. What's up, guys? See a couple people in here. I'm going to say hi to them. Kogan Dojo, Muay Thai. What's up, man? Phuket Training Club. Hello. D805 Legend. How you doing, Mr. Luna? Hi. How you doing, sir? What up? It's Connor. I know you were training Coach Josh earlier. Oh yeah, that was great. Yeah. Good session. So, um, what we're gonna do, guys, is we're gonna kind of go through um, a couple different things about, like I said, about like how the Muay Thai Academy came to be here in Ventura with Putu Muay Thai, and uh, so last episode we left off where we moved back up to Ventura. So at that time when I moved back up, um, I want to say. Like, I moved up expecting I was going to be able to go back down to Nakwis and train, like, a few times a week and be able to train enough to fight. Yeah. So, uh, I was still carpooling uh, with my friend Rick and Kevin at the time. So, you know, I was, I was going down there, like, maybe three, four times a week with them uh, when I moved back up here. And at the time, all of a sudden, you know, like, uh, Nakwis was still holding promotions with stand-up promotions. And they had Sanchai was going to be set to fight Kevin Ross. I know we're over at Coach Ralph's house the other night for Phil's birthday. Yeah, and he had the Dancing with Sanchai book, right? So it's on that fight. Yeah. So that's uh, I told Knockweed. I actually met up with him the other day. I'm like, do you know there's a book written about like your guys' promotion, <laughs> like a fight on your promotion? And he had no idea. Yeah, I have I'm like, that yeah. book right now. Oh, you do? Yeah. Sweet. Well, there's um, a ton of like. Pictures like Scott Hirano was one of the photographers then. He's very like big and like I think he's doing big in fight photography for like, UFC and stuff like that now. So it's really awesome to be able to see them kind of like from how it was when they were first starting essentially. Yeah. Uh, what early we did, uh, yeah, early days for sure. So they they had these fights going on and like I, I was still like going down there and training and 
uh, it was going to be an all pro card. And, like, of course, I was going to go attend. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to go watch. And, you know, as, as the events start getting closer, you know, all of a sudden they're like, hey, we want to put two amateur fights in. And it's like, Jonathan, do you want to fight on it? And I was, yeah, I want to fight on it. You know, I just moved back up here. I'm like, hell yeah, I can still train and do this stuff. Um, but, of course, what ended up happening was, <laughs> you know, uh, I came up and it, it became hard to get down to the valley. Uh, my friend Brian King, who yeah. trains here, uh, he's like, hey, you know, he lived right across the street from Nakwi's gym. And he said, like, hey, um, you would be able to just stay at my house, essentially. So I thought that was going to be... Like a really cool option. Hey, what's the, this guy? Is this guy peeing out in front of my place? I mean, I'm thinking that's very strange. There's this guy out in front of my place right now. Literally, he's spilling some urine right yeah. now. Is he? No. I, I bro. I'm not. Yeah. Let's see. For those of you on Instagram Live, let's see what this guy's doing. What's this? What is this? Oh, pleasures of running a Muay Thai academy. I might just be on his phone. But it's strange, sure, strange thing to do like that, right? I don't know. Everything's weird these at the moment since yeah. it's shut down. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I mean, we got that on the podcast. So, I, I mean, I don't see a puddle building there. No, I don't either. But I'm not going to write it off. But yeah, if he's peeing over Maybe there. Maybe he's slamming some heroin, you know, some of the heroin. Hey, you never Dancing know. with Mr. Brownstone. <laughs> um, man, that's, that's funny. That's kind of what I wanted to do this year, too. So just you get random random characters sure. that come in here. So uh, once Nockwood asked me to go fight on this, I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to make this happen. I started running every day. I was pretty overweight at that time because I wasn't able to train a lot. You know, I was messing, fucking around with my diet. I was doing like the slow carb diet. I was trying, you know, keto. I was trying all this different stuff because my body was growing. I was pretty young. I didn't quite understand how to like manage that, I guess. Keto so hip. Oh, well, it was, this was, that was 2011. Yeah, it's 2011, so it wasn't that hit back then. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it is now. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of people talking about keto and ketogenesis, all this other crazy stuff, too. And that was just, that was very strange. Okay, yeah, bro. no comment. I'm going to say that the guy was probably doing drugs. Yeah, most uh, likely. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, luckily we weren't open to deal with that, right? Yep. So... When we come into um, back into the fight thing, sorry, I keep getting like sidetracked by that stuff. It was just random. Main Street. Yeah, Main Street. So I, I committed to taking the fight. I started running, training a lot. Knock was like, hey, you know, he had a game plan for me for this person. And um, at the time, I hit up uh, my old trainer, Fred Lemus, seeing if he'd be able to help train me. And he's like, oh, hell R. yeah. RIP. Yeah, rest in peace, Fred. Um, I thought like he's gonna be able to, to train me. He said he would be able to at the time and he would like to, but you know, this is when he was kinda of, if you guys know him, he was very much like a free spirit. So like when he was on, he was on and he'd be able to train with you. When he wasn't on, it it wasn't like he just wouldn't be there. <laughs> he'd be partying. So um at the time too, so they're in Oxnard where he was at, where he was training at. And I didn't have a car. So I had the road bike, our mom's road bike. So road biking it from Johnson over to Costco, yeah, which was like sketchy then. Now it's a little bit more developed, easier to get over there on the roads. Yeah, Uh, even probably still somewhat sketchy now, but uh, that is doable. Yeah, back then it wasn't. No, it was that very much right on the side of the highway with eighteen wheelers going past me. But uh, I did it. I would go over there. I go train uh, when he was there, and sometimes I'd show up and he just wouldn't be there. 
So that happened a lot, and uh, like it kind of sucked because I wasn't able to train a lot, yeah. you know. And I pretty much was training two, maybe three times a week. Like I was training maybe two times a week up here, but I didn't really like training. I didn't have anybody push me. You didn't have a community. Problem. No, my yeah, my energy level was really like fluctuating and stuff at the time because I was messing around with my diet. And I was trying to lose weight, and I just had this whole, like, backwards mindset to it, I guess. I was doing my road work. I was running. I was getting up every day at 5, 5.30 and going to go run for my, you know, five, six miles. Uh, I mean, I did that, but I wasn't eating appropriately. I was doing, like, these cheat days because this low-carb diet that they had. It's like, oh, you can do one day, eat whatever you want. I was eating, like, Chinese food, ice cream, energy drinks. and Like you do when you deprive yourself. Yes. And um, this is, like, things that I learned, like, don't do that. Very simple. You just don't do that. Um, I, as I continued on to, you know, train whatnot, I, I can't remember what you were doing. You must have been doing your music stuff back then. I mean, I was obsessed with buying music gear, yeah. Yeah. And I was working my, like, slave 9 to 5. Mm. So I was, like, I had a garage full of music gear, and I was learning music production. That is when you were working at Parker. Yeah. That's right. Um, I had vo- voice lessons, guitar lessons, keyboard lessons, Music production lessons forever. So yeah. all my money and focus went to that. Yeah. So, um, I like as I was training and stuff like that, I'll go down to Nauquies. I'll stay at Brian's house. And the way I got down there, because it like my my carpool situation became more train, right. What? Yeah, yeah, I would take the train. I remember that because my carpool situation wasn't like the most solid, and I so, needed to be able to get down there. So I would go take the train. I would leave here in Ventura at like four thirty in the morning. Yeah. Uh, you know the train here is stupid. Like the commute train is supposed to be for commuters. We had to leave at like no later than like five a.m. to be able to leave from Ventura. Otherwise, you have to be in Camarillo uh, if you're going to be there leaving later to get down to L.A. So I would take the train from Ventura. I, I just packed all my stuff in the suitcase, all my training equipment, all my clothes for the day. I would pack as much food as I could uh, and all that good stuff. Laundry detergent, everything. Yeah, backpack life. Yep, and I pack in the train. I would take it down to Union Station. After I get off at Union Station, I take the red line to North Hollywood, which put me off right at Nakui's gym at the time and Brian's apartment. So I go stay there, and uh, uh, very grateful for Brian. He had a dog and stuff like that back then, so I'd hang out with his dog during the day. And I was doing some website work back then, but I didn't really have a laptop. You know, like now, I'm like grateful I have a laptop. Laptops. Yeah, I had like this little mini one. I think I, I still have it in the back. Have you seen that little black laptop back there? It's like a notebook. Or a netbook or something like that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, netbook. something really, really ghetto. Sweaty Cop Cat, Sweaty Cop Jaden. What's up, man? Yo. I see Carol in there and everything, too. Um, but I, I was, what's mom. up? It's a mom, too. Oh, yeah, mom. Hey, mom. <laughs> hey, mom, look, no hands. Uh, when, you know, when I was doing those rides down there, like, you know, I, sometimes, or most times, I ate out. I would have to eat. There's like a Greek place, like a Greek. It was like called Daphne's Greek Diner or something like yeah. that, and it was like a franchise. Is that bad? Yeah, it's just you're eating out. You don't get to control your food. True. You know, and I, I would eat like Panda Express. I'd have like just the like steamed vegetables, rice, and like get the job done. Yeah, like the I had like green beans and um, like chicken or something like that. Whatever I could get, that it was, was like somewhat so healthy. So much worse, dude. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. Yeah. Um, but it's because like I I didn't feel comfortable like using like buying a bunch of stuff. And having at Brian's, like I just, I just didn't have that thing figured out for myself then. It takes time. Yeah, I, I mean, I knew about how to meal prep, but not when I was on the road doing this kind of stuff, yeah. you know. Uh, so, I was down there. I would train as much as I could. We'd get coconut water, go back to his house, and I would get my freaking Panda Express, and I'd leave him, 
and his girlfriend at the time alone to, you know, enjoy some time with each other at the end of the day, and I wouldn't be, like, living in their apartment. I would stay there for, like, two or three days, sometimes four, and then I would come back to Ventura. Um, and it, it was really tough because, like, when I was freelancing then with my web work and I had this shitty notebook, I couldn't do a whole lot of work. Yeah. And, like, I couldn't do any of the graphic stuff, nothing. I just had my desktop. So I, I did the best I could to communicate and stuff like that, and I really minimized the amount of client work. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be gone for four days. I'm gonna, then I'm going to work for three days straight, essentially. Like, I'll work, like, 12-hour, 16-hour days on the computer back-to-back, along with the running and stuff like that, too. What's up, Lucas? Glad you made it. So as I came through and was able to start, uh, you know, getting this kind of training going, you know, we became less and less frequent uh, with training with Fred. You know, it's just like started not showing up, whatever it may be. Uh, I I know before uh, this is to hit me right now was I was gonna have another fight at I think it, it was called the Lotus Festival. It was at the Echo Park uh, in Echo Park. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? I think our cousin Herb was supposed to come and stuff like that. I think you may have been there. Yeah, we were at uh, that, that event. I was there. Yeah, you you came to it, but I I didn't end up fighting. No. Uh, I believe what happened at the time. I had my opponent. I could wait, and I was at I was at staying at Brian's house at the time. And Knockweed had a promotion, and I, I were helping out the promotion. And the next day I was fighting, so uh, I cut weight and stuff at in Brian's you know uh, bathtub at his house. I cut from like one fifty two to like I think I was fighting at like one hundred and forty pounds or one one forty three or something like that. So you cut like ten pounds. Yeah, well, but for me that was like normal at yeah. that time. I, I knew how to do it. Uh, don't recommend it for anybody out there, uh, but it definitely was one of those things that hey, I did it and got through it. I, we had somebody who was going to give me an IV, but I didn't end up being able to connect with him. And uh, you know, we kept missing each other. He was driving down with Fred, this guy Robbie uh, Aguilar. If you listen to this, Mister Aguilar, hello. Uh, I still run into him occasionally. Last time I saw him though was at, at Fred's funeral. Um, gotcha. But so I didn't get to rehydrate properly. But I was just like, whatever. I'm I'm stoked to be able to fight. Uh, the person I was I was set to fight, you know, they they showed up everything, and then when I left to go get food and I came back, um, they said my opponent pulled out. But then I'm seeing my opponent get his hands taped up, and they were friends with the promoter, and they just switched the fight. They gave him an easier fight. So, which no I th- comment. what? No yeah, comment. no no comment. Uh, all respect to them, but for me at the time I was pissed cause like dude what do you mean my opponent pulled out he's right there getting his hands taped and he's like doing this looking away like oh. cause you heard me saying I was very pissed off well, at yeah. the time uh, cause I just went through all this stuff and uh, to be able to make this fight happen with the train like doing all this stuff it was it was a lot of sacrifice yeah it's frustrating when you have an opponent get pulled or you get pulled I've only had it happen once my opponent pulled out and then they gave me somebody more experience that was the one time I only had a pee blood remember that yes I do yeah. So that's why, but, uh, you know, just fighting, it's amateur. Yeah. And I, I want to say that stuff comes around. Not saying this was a, a result of it, but I want to say, like, a fight or two later, that guy broke his leg in one of the fights. Like, tip, tip, snap. So I was just like, uh, maybe that's karma. Uh, he didn't sell the kick with the hands. He just threw it and overcommitted. I don't know. No clue. But I didn't see it. I saw a leg cast. I'm like, oh, well, there you go. Uh, I, not wishing karma people, but Ouch. I, like... I inflicted a lot of harm on myself to be able to get ready for the ring at that time, and a lot of sacrifice mentally and physically and time-wise and everything, too. So what ended up happening after that is that's when I got invited into the fight. Oh, going back to that Lotus Festival, that's when, like, Victor Saravia, I think that was, like, his second amateur fight. If you guys know who Victor Saravia is, 
dude's a badass. So I'll try to get him on. Um, uh, I'll link his Instagram. But he's also a vegan athlete too. But total badass. He's been fighting K1. He's lion fight champion stuff like that too. I think uh, 120 pounds or 122 pounds also. Damn, nothing. Yeah, he's solid. All right, I want to say he was fighting 127 as an amateur. Like he fought on that card right there. That one that was in Port Wanini. He fought on that one too. He broke the guy's arm, but by throwing him, the guy like landed weird and broke his arm. Uh, that was pretty badass though. Um, so he fought on there. I know there's a couple other people that kind of went through Muay Thai that were around there too. We stayed and watched the fights. Knock, we felt bad. And he's like, hey, you know, we're, we're doing these fights with Sanchai. It's going to be fighting Kevin Ross. We had... Um, Dancing with Sanchai. Yeah. Romy Adonza, I believe, fought... Um, he fought this guy. I, was it Romy that was fighting? No, 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 no. It was Kunitaka Fujiwara fought uh, Ronga V Papa from Papa Gym. Yeah, the one. So um, this guy was from Japan, was fighting Thailand, essentially. Uh, here in Los Angeles, I think that was the co-main event. And I trained with Ronga V uh, quite a bit. Uh, oh, sorry, my computer's trying to reset, of course. But hey, look, it's our cousin, Katrina's. What's Hello. That? I can't see. Our Kotr- the Katrina's, right here. Mm-hmm. Boom. I think is that Daniel. I can't tell her is that. Uh, sorry, Danielle. Yeah, Danielle. That's right. Um, when. I got invited uh, to fight on that. I was like, hell yeah. Like, you know, I knew Runger V and like I knew his trainer, Takun, his handler. Yeah. Uh, from going to Sussy Papa and having their fighters over and stuff like that before. And staying over at the gym, you know, went and eat dinner with them, all that stuff when we were in Bangkok. Malapet was from that gym. Yeah, Malapet is from that gym. So if you guys follow like American Muay Thai, Malapet was pretty much like. Uh, he's one of those guys, he fought Kevin Ross. And that was a stepping stone for Kevin Ross, too, was to fight Malapet. And yeah. he beat him. Um, at, at the time, you know, Mali Pet wasn't training a lot, not taking anything away from Kevin oh, yeah, Ross. I saw, that, I saw that fight. Yeah, but, um, you know, Mali, like, I think Kevin Ross, you know, he was picking up a little notch, and, you know, Mali Pet was kind of just cruising at the time. And he, you know, he started picking up his training a lot once Lion Fight started coming around for Mali Pet. He started picking up his training. Yeah. And started, like, actually having, like, four to five week training camps as opposed to, like, a week and a half, two weeks. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Ah, Steven, uh, Danielle's brother. Got it, Steven. Got it. So, what's up, man? So, as uh, we got these fights set, I was like, hell yeah, I have to make this happen. And, like, at the time, like, Sanchai had already fought for Anakwi's promotion before. Uh, And, like, I got to train with him and stuff like that. And uh, it was, like, I was going to get to train with him again the week of, but I couldn't get down there. I couldn't get down to L.A. Was it the one time that he accidentally broke one of your friends? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's funny. (laughs) You know, it's funny that you brought that up. Um... Actually, hey, you know the Muay Thai shorts that I have pinned up that are in yeah, the back? Exactly. Can you can you go grab them real quick sure. uh, while I talk about that? Um, just show on here. But what ended up happening, my brother, Coach Josh, brought it up. You know, I, I know the week of that fight uh, when Ken Ross and Sanchai were going to fight. So Ronger V and Sanchai were out here as well as like Kunitaka, the Japanese fighter and stuff as well. There, and Kevin Ross was too. I, I, they were all training at Nakui's gym. I think I was down there when Kevin Ross was training. I can't remember. Um, they've been there so many times. Everything kind of like hit and miss. You know, I, I, it's hard to connect the dots because I wasn't journaling back then. And uh, if anybody's out there that's competing now, journal your shit, man. Like, or do a podcast, something, video logs, anything to document what you're doing. So I, our friend Boren uh, was sparring with Sanchai. He got 
super excited. Uh, and just to kind of preframe this, our friend Boren has like a black belt in Tang Sudo. Like one of the first things they teach you is how to break fall. <laughs> so Boren's been doing Muay Thai maybe for like six, seven years by this point. He's from Cambodia. You know, dedicated to Muay Thai and like all that stuff at that time. Obviously like a lifelong martial artist. So what ended up happening, did you find, no, not, not the... I couldn't find it, but I did find this... Uh, I think it's like I think I want to say it's in like one of the shelves. It's stuck between something. Okay, so it got moved. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here, leave leave those on your on your seat. But um, yeah, yeah. It, it's like a black suede thing that it's pinned. They're pinned on too. But it's Josh. It's like one of the drawers on the left hand side. It's just sandwiched on top. Okay. Um, it's relevant to the story, guys. That's why I want to get because Josh bring it up. So we had. Uh, our friend Born was doing like just some technical sparring with Sanchai and he got really excited and Sanchai caught and swept him and this is where it comes, it's relevant that Born knows how to break fall. He did the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do while you break fall, which is he put his arms back like behind him. So he falls and like he basically snapped his his uh, ulnar radius. He broke his, the, uh, you keep that wall right here. You get when you spar Sanchai and you're yeah. different. Yeah. So he ended up snapping the the bone in his arm and had to get a steel rod in there. And Sanchai felt super bad about it and gave him like a, a pair of shorts uh, that he was training at the time. He felt like super bad. I don't I don't blame him. Even though technically it was Bjorn's fault. Oh yeah, yeah, he fell straight back. It was it is what it is. But I was bummed because I couldn't go out down there and train. I wasn't able to like I felt like I missed out on like that community thing like you were talking about. Like Naku's like you have to come train, come train. Like, dude, I get to train with Sanchai. Like, that would have been such a big confidence boost for me at the time. But, and especially because I didn't really have a training camp. I trained, like, maybe, like, three times a week if I got dude, lucky. You're an uh, odd duck out. Yep. So, what ended up happening was, uh, you know, I got down there. I think I drove down our mom's car. She'd let me in the car for the weekend. I drove down at Wayne's. Her AC wasn't working. And I'd, I'd sweat out a bunch of weight. Man, I think I went to... Um, I think I wanted to say I did it in like the LA Fitness jacuzzi by myself. So here's the deal is I weighed like 153 and a half pounds and I was supposed to be 135. That sucks. Yeah. So I sweated out and I did this all by myself. Like I don't ever, ever recommend it. Hey Dylan IV 182. What's up man? So I, I never like recommend doing this stuff by yourself because like I almost passed out a couple times like crawling out of there. And I did as much as I could to just sweat that stuff out. So I got all the way down to like 137 pounds the night before weighing. Uh, didn't and if you guys have ever sweat out that much weight, you don't really sleep that well. Yeah. So I didn't really sleep, um, and my mouth was just super dry. I remember having to like crush ice cubes in my mouth, swish them, and then just spit it out. And I I tried doing a couple more sweat sessions between like weighing between like the evening and then when weigh-ins was in the afternoon the next day. And, like, I want to say that I only lost, like, 0.2 pounds between, like, the evening and then. That's how dry I was. Usually, like, you know this, you'll lose, like, a pound or two from, like, just sleeping. Yeah. I lost I lost nothing. And I didn't eat anything either. I ate nothing. So what you're saying, you're, you're being smart, SMRT? I was, what Josh is saying is I was being dumb. For those of you that are listening out there. And that this is things that I talked about like in my book, preparing for your first Muay Thai fight. I got one right up here. So those of you on Instagram can see. So those are things that I talk about in my book, preparing for your first Muay Thai fight. It's stuff that I learned, 
the hard way, so that way you don't have to learn the hard way. Uh, I got those up on pmtlifestyle.com. You can hit reserve your book. You can get them here at the Ventura Academy, or I can ship it to you. Um, I'm doing some more like custom signatures on them and stuff too. But going back into uh, you know Sanchai and Kevin Ross, I missed weight. I felt bad. The guy I was fighting and stuff like that. They gave me a hard time about. It. I already felt terrible. I never. I think I missed weight once before, like when I was doing like a smoker. Yeah. And you know how to cut weight. I felt terrible That's a about it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, fast forward to the fight. You know, I like our friend Takun who runs Sussy Papa Gym was like cornering me along with Dan. So I'm like, dude, I have this badass corner. And like, I remember I was warming up and Takun's like, hey, what's up with your kick? Damn it, right? What? Yeah, damn it. And then Takun was like, hey, what's up with your kick? I was like, oh, he's like, okay, well, it is what it is. You're just going to go fight. And this guy I fought was Southpaw, this guy named Alec uh, Gonzalez. Dude, he beat the fuck out of me for like, uh, you know, two rounds. And he started easing off the gas pedal, and I don't know if he was getting tired or whatever it was, but I heard later on from his coach that he actually broke his hand on my head. Oh. Yeah. So it was, it was cross. Yeah. That's That's all hard he was hitting me. Yeah. So, um, and I, there's a picture of me, and I just have, like, two black eyes, like, two mouths under my eyes, like, low kicking, and I just look like shit. You know, it's like, ugh. Like, you talk yeah. about a rough night in the ring at, yeah. at work. Rough night at work. Yeah. So... Where's my shorts you were sending me? Christian, I don't have your size yet. The coronavirus got involved with it, man. <laughs> so, once you get more, I didn't forget about you. Uh, but thanks for the reminder, man. Um, once, uh, you know, I, I had a rough day, but third round I started picking up a little bit. I started waking up and, like, getting a little more comfortable. Like, the nerves went away. I got dropped, like, twice. Uh, and I just kept getting back up. I'm like, I'm not giving up. Um... I, I don't really remember much in between rounds either. So, because, it sounds like I hit pretty hard. So yeah. yeah, and I was dehydrated on top of it, which to say is like helps inhibits that. But, you know, needless to say is I lost. Uh, and it sucked because I was like, I was supposed to do good better in that fight. But I didn't have... You broke his hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, don't, don't practice the technique of blocking punches with your head, guys. It, it doesn't work that well in your favor, and you might lose some... You might become a little bit brain stupid. He gave you a brain hand. Brain dead. He gave you a hand. Yeah, he gave me a hand that makes sure I lost some brain cells. But shout out to Alec Gonzalez, super cool guy. The guy I was training at the time was um, Rod McIver from Team Victory Muay Thai. Super cool people. So shout out to them down there in Inglewood. Uh, actually, they're in Studio City now. It used to be Inglewood. Um, so back to it. Yeah, back to it. Um, you know, I went back to my hotel room. I was fucking pissed. I was pissed. I cried. I was just frustrated because I, I let myself down. You know, I, I was like, dude, I could have done, I know I could have done so much better at the time. So much better. Just, Did, did you not come back from that and like, do 100% better next time? Well, first, we'll go, we'll go, we'll get into that. Because, again, I, I was driving down to Nockweeds and stuff. So, what ended up happening was, uh, my friends, uh, gave me this edible like an edible chocolate bar. And he, I'm like, how much should I eat? He's like, oh, the whole thing. So after the fight, you know, I, I t- Coach Todd was there. Coach Martha was at the fights and stuff too. We want, you know, I went back down, like, after I got had my, you know, I fucking suck conversation with myself. I'm joining, do- joining Double Dose soon. Your contract from the old academy just ended. Hey, Christian, I see you're going to be training with uh, uh, Crew Brian Doubler and uh, Robert. Awesome. Definitely, yeah, they're awesome people, man. Tell them I said hi. 
Uh, and you're going to enjoy training with those guys. Definitely a quality Muay Thai Academy down there in Fontana. And a beautiful facility, too. Those, those guys kick ass. Um, but tell uh, Crew Brian Dobler I said hello. Um, you know, so they, they gave me this edible, and I was like, man, how much should I eat? You know, after we watched the fights and stuff like that, came back. And he's like, oh, you, well, you eat the whole thing. You know, he's somebody that smoked all the time. I, I hadn't smoked weed in I don't know how long. Man, I was stoned for like four and a half days. Oh, I've had one of those. Yeah, where you just wake up and you're just like still like, oh, I'm, I'm still. Am still I dying? Off. Am I dying? Am I, yeah. <laughs> and then you fall asleep and normally you wake up and you're fine. No, I woke back up and I'm still high. Still high. high. I had a drill. So not only did I have severe head trauma and like dehydration. Brain damage. And had like this big like you know, lost, like, this big low in, like, my, my career at the time, and I, for where I felt like it was a low. The gym's by my house, a five-minute drive. That's awesome, Christian. Um, lucky you, lucky you. Yeah, we'll, t- we'll take a little break here, too, guys. Uh, definitely, hey, tag some people in here uh, that if you guys are in um, on the live stream, tag some people, get some people in here. We'd love to see more and more uh, folks join in on the podcast. Uh, don't forget, we're on iTunes and on Spotify, guys. Um so I took that and it, it just made me more low. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it made me more low because I was just like so messed up. Yeah. Uh, I went back down to the gym a couple times and, and taught a little bit. Uh, and I was training, I was carpooling with the, the, our friend that gave this to me. Was, his name was Kevin. He's the guy I was carpooling with. Yeah. And he was training with Roy one on one at the time. And, uh, you know, he was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be having a fight. Da, da, da. And he's like, can you help me out? I'm, yeah, I can help you out. I'll, I'll, you know, make sure you, like, I don't step on my friend's toes because his his client and stuff like that. But um, what ended up happening is I went down there. I helped him out before a class that I was teaching. And I guess I, I don't know if he was supposed to have a private lesson with our friend or something like that at the time. Uh, but I guess it came across as me trying to snake his client, which I wasn't trying to do because like, I didn't need the money at the time. It was more just like, hey, it's, a, it's our friend. And he was asking me to hold pads for him for a couple rounds. Um, but... Like, literally, the next day, my phone broke, right? And so I, I'm having this low and everything like that. My phone's broken for, like, a week and a half, two weeks. I can't remember how long it was. Yeah. Uh, so I to cop, Natalie. Welcome. Um, what ended up happening was, you know, I had, you know, I, I finally got my phone turned on. I turned it on. I had, like, a bunch of text messages from my friend. And it was like, dude, like, I, I was like, shit's not okay. And I was already very depressed. And it, it just, dude, it, like, it felt like a knife stabbing in the stomach. I'm sure that's how he felt, too. And I, I just, at the time I was young, I just ignored it. I was just like, oh, well, I guess I'm not going back down there right now. Uh, and it, it created a rift, and it, I'm kind of like, it sucks, you know? Um, I eventually faced that, you know, along with, like, uh, talking to them, talking to the gym owners, the knockweed and his wife at the time, his ex-wife, uh, and kind of patching that up. But, man, that it took a lot. It took me, like, a good three months. I went through, like, a three months of, like, just being straight up depressed, is that depressed or is that just sad because, like, you ate shit sandwich? No, I, it just I, it put me on such a low. Mm. And then I had more of a low because, you know, other people that were around my friend at the time thought that about me. They thought yeah. I was trying to steal my friend's client. And it was, like, it was like the remember the lack of community before. It felt like any yeah. community I had was just completely non-existent. I'm not able to train up in Ventura County anymore. I didn't have anybody to train with. Um, and I, I was just like, shit, I, I made the wrong decision by moving back to Ventura. 
that was my my thought at the time. So it was like this gravity of the whole situation kind of just hitting me. It's like I pissed off my friends, I pissed off my instructor and his 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 now ex wife. Um, I, I I pissed all these other people off and uh, I lost. I got my ass kicked on stream. We had a bunch of our family friends saying they were gonna quote unquote help me at the time with fighting that never even fought before. So every of course everybody has an opinion when it, when they're not helping you train, right? So, uh, hey, Yukari, what's up? Um, went to dinner there yesterday. You, you guys went to Go Tattoo? If you guys are on here and you're in Ventura, go to Go Tattoo. They're right here on Main Street next to the Academy. Uh, some awesome yakitori, Japanese yakitori. Uh, they do have vegan options, too. It's a lot of good vegetables and stuff like that. Veggie yeah, skewers. Oh, yeah, no, they have, they have a lot of other good meat options and stuff, too. Great stuff. Um, so, like I said, totally got my ass kicked. And it, it just, it, like... It fucked with me because I had all these people saying, like, maybe you shouldn't be fighting. Maybe you shouldn't be doing this. Our, our dad at times, like, you know, if you're going to do it, you need to approach it this way. And it's like, man, like, well, if all these people have this opinion, well, where the fuck were they when I needed help? Nowhere. You know, like, and it, it just made me feel like maybe I'm just not meant to do this right now. Maybe I'm not meant to fight right now. So I, I didn't know. I, I just, I had, like, it was on such a low. It was like one thing after another just kept coming in. Can I, can I just say the one thing about friends? I had to interject about your friend thinking the worst in you or, or thinking that you're trying to snake a client. That's what I constantly say. Hey, have friends that are always looking for the best in you. I know your wife said that recently. She noticed that constantly yeah. looking for the best in people. I'm going to assume you're meaning well intention. Yes. Really important. Well, I, I want to say at the time that person had somebody else in their ear. Uh and it, it wasn't that person. It was the person that was in their ear. I figured that. And I'm not going to name names on them. But um, much love to my friend. If you're listening to this, you know who you are. Yeah. Love you, man. Same. Um, but it, it ended up, uh, you know, I, I felt terrible about it. Because I'm like, dude, the last thing I want to do is fuck with my friend's finances. For sure. You know, and I, I didn't know how to fix it at the time. I was bad with confrontation. Yeah. Uh, that was something I, I developed out of that. Nonviolent uh, communication. Uh, <laughs> Or it could have been violent. He could have beat my ass, whatever. <laughs> like, I would have been cool with whatever. We would have fixed that situation, you but know? That book. Yeah, that nonviolent communication is a good book. Exactly. Um, so, I ended up, you know, patching that back up. And I was, I was up here in Ventura. Uh, I connected with a boxing trainer who's up here named uh, Haas. He runs Knuckleheads Boxing. I was like, hey, Haas, would I be able to use your ring and maybe hold some pads for people, do one-on-ones? Uh, like I can pay you for it. He's like, oh, you don't need to pay me anything. He's like, if you just come in and work with some of the guys, some of the MMA guys every once in a while, like we'll call it, that'll, that'll be fine. I was like, oh. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. So shout out to Coach Haas over at Knucklehead Boxing. You know, we donated one of the back stands to them for their youth program and stuff too. Sweet. So super cool guy. Um, he was one of the few people that congratulated us on like when we first opened. Mm. So he let me use the... Um, the boxing gym when I was when I first came back and I was training some people there. Me and Coach Todd trained there at the time. You know, like uh, there's um oh man, what's his name? Joseph Henley. You know, he's a black belt over at Fabio's place now. But he's the MMA fighter. He's fighting then. Um, there's a couple other people. I want to say I don't think I ever trained Jesse Newell at that time. Uh, but Tony Ferguson was there. I trained with Tony uh, at Fred's gym before when Tony was fighting out of there. Yeah. And uh, so Tony was like, hey, dude, hold pads for me. So I, I held pads for him, like, you know, a little bit back then, too, uh, even more than I did before. That was fun. Uh, I want to say, I'm not sure if I trained Chris Beal then. I don't know if he was training MMA at the time. 
but there's some of the people out there. Look who's here, Don David, 90. What up, Mr. What's Chavez? Mr. David Chavez. So uh, what I ended up doing was uh, just going over there as much as I could. And then this whole thing happened, and I, I lost touch with everybody. And, like, I remember Haas text me, like, hey, long time, no communicate, man. Everything good? And it's like, I didn't even fucking respond. Oh, wow. I felt so bad. Um, so, next thing you know, uh, I, you know, we're at, you know, I'm at mom's house. You know, I moved back in there and everything. And uh, I get, like, my friend Travis, who's living here, Travis Petralba. Yeah. Uh, is over at the mango tree. He's like, hey, you know, uh, my trainer uh, over here just opened up a gym over on the avenue. They just expanded. He's like, he wants to meet you. So I said, oh, cool. It was something along the lines of that. So I went over there, and, like, I was going to be helping him out uh, with uh, just some of the classes. He's like, hey, maybe teach, like, a white crew class, like, beginners or something like that twice a week. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, sure, anything you can because it was on the avenue, like, where we grew up. So I was, like, all about, like, hell yeah, badass Muay Thai gym on the avenue. They had the... You know, full size twins boxing ring, which we have now. Yeah. That in our possession. Yeah. Um, and like full, this really nice facility. It was just starting. Uh, and I, I did whatever I could to help at the time. I did no no jack shit about business. Like in retrospect, I could have done a lot more now with the tools I have now. Um, but you know, I, I was I was doing what I could to help him out at the time. You know, and he, he was older and he had a lot on his plate too. The the trainer there. And I, I really wish I could have, like, done that all a lot different, too. So as soon as I started training there, I remember I, I got a call, and, it, like, the area code on my cell phone said Florida. Who the fuck's calling me from Florida? And so I pick it up, and it's my friend David Huerta. He's like, hey, who, what are you doing? Uh, and he's like, I'm like, well, I'm just hanging out at home. Why, what's up? He's like, hey, uh, you know, I'm at this business seminar in Florida, and there's a guy that's in Ventura I think you should train with. And he's like, uh, his name's Fabio. He has a jiu-jitsu place. You should go teach him. I'm like, hey, I'd love to, but I'm already teaching for this other place. Yeah. Well, I'll go say hi to him since you're plugging him in. So it's like, you know, with these business things, you know, they do those masterminds. That was probably a thing. Is like, hey, we want to do this program. How do we do it? And David was probably like, I know just the guy. Yeah, exactly. I'll call him. Yeah. So uh, I went over and said hi to them. Like, hey, I'm working with this other person. They said, hey, anything ever changes, let us know. I continue over at the gym on the avenue for a bit, where I met da the Don David, 90. Uh, actually, I met him at West Coast. Yeah. Um, him and his brother Isaac. Yep. But we were back there training together, and that's where we started training more and more together. Uh, once I was there, uh, you know, things, like, financially, things just started snowballing for me, like, really bad. Um, and I remember talking to... Uh, Rob Havasey, he's like, dude, you need to. Like, I remember that conversation. He's like, you need to open your own gym. I was there. Yeah, he's he like, was high as a kite. Yeah, he was super stoned. But he had uh, a great idea. He it's did. Serious ideas. Yeah, if you guys don't know Rob Havasey, this guy's creative and he's an artist. Um, super grateful for him. I call him Uncle Rob because of his conversations, very frank about things. You know, just say things how they are. He's like, hey, you should open your own Muay Thai gym. I was like, oh, I'm not doing that until I'm way older. Until I'm like done fighting and retired, like in my like late 30s, yeah. early 40s. He's like, dude, I, I think that's a stupid mistake. You should do it now. Yeah. And, like, for me, bro, like, I don't even know how I was going to do it. Yeah, exactly. But he just, he had the imagination. He's one of those people that will never be probably financially compensated the amount he gives back to the world. Mm -hmm. But I remember just thinking, like, I don't know how to start a gym. I don't want to start a gym. Like, I don't even, want that burden. Even I was like, wait, how is this going to happen right now? Like, I couldn't yeah. even I picture it, really. But when he said it, I was like, huh. Well, Rob sounds like he could really well, see it clearly in his and, head. Well, it was funny, too, is David... 
Don David, also said like, hey, you should, you know, you're gonna have your own Muay Thai gym one day. Coach Steve, who, who started training there, he's like, you're gonna, he's like, you're gonna be a really good instructor one day. Like, you're gonna guys. make a good this coach. Guys. This, and uh, now Coach Steve is here, you know, coaches with us too, and it's it's pretty. It's like it came around full circle that way. Yep. But uh, and a couple other people did too. Like even Carlos is like, dude, we should start our own. You should start your own gym. And I'm like, I don't want to focus on that right now. I want to focus on just like me fighting. So. You know, I Rob was like, "Hey, dude, you should go hit up that uh, Gracie gym. See if you can do teach at both places." So I went over to the Gracie gym, and they were they were closed. I put a note through the door, and it's like, "Hey, you know, I, I put it out there," and I got a call like I don't know, like a like a few days later, and they asked me to come in, and he's like, "Hey, I, I, this is like weird timing because I just hired somebody to teach the Muay Thai program." Yeah. But maybe you can come in and, like, uh, tell me how you think of the classes and stuff like that. Uh, and maybe we'll find a place for you. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, go, I'll come check out the classes. And that's where I met Mark, Marquis, Crew Mark from Guild Muay Thai. Oh, so he was the instructor they hired. Yeah. yeah. And this is when I first met him. And he's a super cool guy, and he's super chill. Uh, and I think he was, like, I don't know if he was doing training, so that way he would be able to train jiu-jitsu at the time. And uh, I took the class. And I was like, hey, you know, it's a good class. Like, and uh, Fabio asked me, I'm like, hey, it, it was good. Like, you know, I, I think you'd be be a good instructor. Uh, and then, like, I, I thought about it. I'm like, man, like, I, I would do a really good job if I worked there. Like, you know, maybe me and Mark end up working together. And, you know, they, they asked me, like, hey, let, let's talk more about it. Like, tomorrow can you come in and we'll maybe talk about getting a schedule for you. So I came in. Hey, what's up, Mr. Nikki? Welcome, man. Good to see Salute. you. Um, he's like, hey, you know, come in, we'll talk, and we'll see if you can figure something out. And so it came in, and uh, they were like, hey, um, so what did you think of, of Mark's class? And I'm like, hey, it's really, you know, really good class. And I, I thought about how I was going to word this, because I don't want, like, it never sounds good when you go say, like, oh, I, when you're trying to compete for a job to talk, like, hey, oh, I'm better than this other person. Yeah. I didn't think I was better than this other person. I just thought my structure was going to be more what, like, they were looking for at the time. Because Mark's a great, great instructor and a great coach. He made some good fighters, especially, like, MMA-style stuff, too. So I think he would have been a really good fit there. And I was like, hey, honestly, like, if you're looking for Muay Thai, like, I think I could do a better job. Like, I, I feel like I could do a better job, like, for what you need. And so they're like, okay, well, you know, we just hired him, so we're going to keep him. I'm like, yeah, totally, I understand. Like, he's asked my honest opinion. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. And uh, shout out to Crew Mark, by the way. Just bought, he bought a few of his books for his instructors up there, um, up in Seattle. But going back into that, you know, I, uh, they're like, hey, well, we'll add on these two morning classes for you, 9 a.m. on, like, Tuesday, Thursday. I guess it used to be a jiu-jitsu class. So I show up on that Tuesday to go teach class, and it's one guy – one guy, he's like, oh, it's not jiu-jitsu today? I'm like, no, it's Muay Thai today, first time, like, new class. He's like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm like, well, you, you know, come on, man, let's just train, let's just train. Like, it's very encouraging and getting to train. And, uh, like, once I was done, he's like, hey, come in here real quick. They're like, hey, like, all right, just judging by the way you're talking with that student, we want you to take over all the classes. I'm like, well, what about Mark? <laughs> like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, he, he'll be fine with it. And I was like, okay, like, I, I didn't know what what the situation was, yeah. but it was very um, very Brazilian, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So and you're working with one person that wasn't even in for that martial art, and you're able to still, with enthusiasm, bridge that gap somehow. Yeah, so and they they're just like I think they saw like like hey we could probably coach this guy to be a good instructor. Yeah. 
So, or like to be able to teach how we want them to teach. I don't know what their idea was of them. All the all respect to the Murumbi guys, super cool academy. But I, I ended up teaching there full time. Um, you know, we had some awesome students from there. I got I had the opportunity to uh, hold pads for like Rafael Desanos while while training there. You know, former 155 pound UFC champion. This is when he was first coming back, uh, returning from fighting. Uh, it's funny with a professor down there, Hanan. He's like, "Hey, Coach Jonathan, can you train my friend Hafa?" I'm like, "Who?" You know, I'm not. I wasn't familiar with Portuguese. Hafa, Rafael. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I could train your friend Hafa. <laughs> so like, see this guy. This guy looks like a fridge, man. He's like, yeah, he's a fighter. He had like the cauliflower ears. I didn't follow UFC much, especially yeah. at that time. Same. Like a little bit, but it was people that I knew, like Tony and all these other people that were that were fighting MMA. Yeah. And um, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I can hold pads for them. And I, I was talking to them. And I remember like. What's so, up, fucking Jesse? Hey, Mr. Estrella. What's up, man? So he's like, hey, cold pads for, for Hoffa. I'm like, okay. And I asked this guy, I'm like, hey, you know, Professor Nan said you, you, you're a fighter? He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, when was your last fight? He's like, well, you know when uh, George St. Pierre fought in Canada? It was like the first MMA fight in Canada. I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, it was the co-main event. I was like, and then I was like, yeah, oh, I, I should know who you are. <laughs> Dumb, dumb, it's dumb. Like, I, I'm kind of a big deal. I've got, you know, a very nice apartment, very, uh, a lot of leather-bound books. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. That kind of deal. Yeah, well, he's, you know, he's very uh, humble guy. He was fighting for Team Evolve at the time, Evolve MMA, which is now huge, but yeah. then was very small. But he was fighting for Team Evolve at the time with uh, Chatri. If you guys don't know, Chatri Yeltong, uh, Sit Yeltong, owns he's the ceo of one fc so evolve is owned by him and at that time that's rafael desanios was on team evolve i don't think he still is mm-hmm. otherwise he'd probably be on one fc uh maybe he ends up moving over there i don't know but it wouldn't surprise me actually i just thought about that calling cool. it now if he's not over there i'm gonna call that rafael desanios is gonna end up fighting on one fc if he's still fighting um you guys heard it here first but Going just because they had a business relationship, uh, I got trained. You know, local local MMA standout Jesse Newell. You know, our old friend from like when we were growing grade up school, and everything yeah. too. Grade school, over on the avenue. I uh, got to corner him for a couple of his fights. Um, you know, along with like Fabio and uh, and Coach Haas. Uh, that was Austin's first fight. We cornered. He he won first round. Uh, I think or second round knockout. I think or first round knockout. He just stepped off. Boom. He's southpaws. He slipped across. Boom. Came straight over the top. Just knocked, slept this guy, and uh, then his next fight was again. It was a uh, against um, what's his name, Chris. Oh man, Chris Coley. That's who it is, Chris Coley. Um, he fought against Chris Coley, 145 pounds for the Bama uh, national title. I want to say that one was broadcast on TV. I think, I, th- I think, or the internet. I can't remember. But that one is that Commerce Casino where I fought on the Sanchez card. So like. Man, Commerce Casino's got a lot of fight history for me. For sure. I fought there so many times. I've cornered people there for promotions there. So much. So Jesse fought uh, against Chris Coley. For, it's supposed to be a five-round title fight, but uh, me and Coach Haas decided to stop it at, like after the fourth round, like, during the fourth round, like going into it. Or it was in between the fourth and the fifth. That's what it was. And uh, we, I remember we both looked at each other. I'm like, Coach Haas, what do you think? He's like, I'm thinking we should stop it. I'm like, I agree with you. And um, all like, we're like, hey, let's give him one more round. And we let Fabio talk to him because it's like, hey, if he's going to win this, it's going to be jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So, sure enough, Jesse gets a fucking knee bar. 
like from from under from on the ground gets a knee bar but they're too and it was like oh shit it's over it's gonna be over too much sweat because it's too late in the too late in the rounds he's, he's able to slip out and chris afterwards was like dude i i like i about shit myself when i got caught with that <laughs> he's like i was like no yeah. yeah i remember him talking about that in like interviews like yeah I, I shit myself when when that happened um and like even i was too i was like oh shit jesse did it but he slipped out of it and you know, we end up calling it because, you know, we're like, hey, we know you want to go out in your shield, man, but let's save it. Even then, his his legs were messed up from just, like, he didn't do a lot of wrestling drills for that one, I remember. And he ended up wrestling him for 45 minutes or whatever, however long the fight, like, four rounds is 20 minutes straight, essentially, because they're five-minute rounds. And it, it messed up, like, his whole posterior chain. He couldn't walk right for, like, a month and a half, maybe two months. So just from that. Yeah, it so. downsides of, you know. Fighting. Fighting. Yeah. yeah, and people don't see that. Nice. Yeah, people yeah. don't see that. Got to sacrifice. It's yeah. crazy how much you get to end up sacrificing. Yeah, I love that guy. Jesse is a really good fighter, man, really good training partner, too. I just knew him as a wrestler growing up. That was his thing growing mm-hmm. up. Just wrestle, 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 wrestle. Let's yeah. wrestle. Let's wrestle. <laughs> so uh, I was over there teaching over there, and you know, my position kept growing there You know, with more responsibilities and stuff. And... Um, you know, for me, I was just like, man, is this really, do I really want to go down the instructor rabbit hole right now? And, like, I, I really felt like they needed somebody who could do more. And I felt like I wasn't going to be good for that position that they were looking for. I'm like, hey, I keep saying no and no to you more and more. So you need somebody that's going to say yes to this stuff yes, in order for you to, no, just in order for them to grow. Mm. Like, I know, I'm like, I'm, I'm your roadblock right now, you know, for some of this stuff. And so I, you know, just, I gave him my resignation and ended up parting ways with them. And then, um, you know, I, my whole intention was to focus on fighting. I was like, hey, I started going down to North Hollywood again, started training with Dan. Um, we just opened know. up, is opening up his new place. Yeah, me and martial arts. Dude, I gotta um, get Dan on here. Yeah, oh, for sure. I gotta get Dan on here. all the people you gotta get on? Yeah, Dan, if you guys didn't know, Dan made, he was like my pad holder along with Knockweed. He was my corner guy, all that good stuff. Shout out to me and martial arts. Go check them out. Uh, they're opening up. They were supposed to open up first week of April 2019. Or, sorry, 2020. Yeah. And uh, we know the coronavirus shut down and everything like that. But in, They're still, like, struggling to open up. They haven't opened up officially. So what ended up happening was um, I lost my train of thought. We're talking about um, you're just coming off of Gracie. And oh, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I left, I left over there and... Uh, knock was like, Hey, I got a fight for you opportunity for you in Mexico city. And like, I talked to Dan and we we're going to have, um, man, what's his name? Travis Garlitz was going to go down to Mexico city with me. Another pro fighter, not mean name drop. That's just who was around then. So Travis was going to go down to Mexico city with me and go corner me. And, you know, so I was training, I was probably about, I think it was like three weeks out from fighting Mexico City, plane tickets bought, passport, everything, hotel, everything's all booked, go fight down in Mexico City. And um, on a big card, and I was super stoked. I'm like, hell yeah, I get to go back and fight. Like, stoked, this is happening. I was doing my programming stuff, like website consulting, social media stuff, my social media agency I ran by myself at that time. And, um, you know, I, my uh, ex-girlfriend at the time, I was like, it's like, hey, you can borrow my van because the car, the probe started shitting on me, the Ford probe. Oh, yeah. My brother had this car, this Ford probe. Before that, my dad had it. I drove the shit, like, the, I drove that thing to pieces. And uh, it started shitting out on me. I wouldn't pass smog. 
And or no, what was it? it was, I remember it was the clutch master cylinder. That's what it was. Oh the, the, it kept dropping down to the floor. The clutch kept dropping to the yeah, floor. I did a quarter so, of a million on there. So I dropped Max off at at, uh, at work, and I'm driving back to our house to go pick up my equipment to go drive down to the valley and go train. So I'm I'm on Victoria, you know, just waiting. I stop like right by Boina. Next thing you know, boom! I just get fucking rear-ended. Like, in the pro, right? No, this is. I was in the van. Huh. I was in the van when that happened. You're probably just, lucky that you're in the van. Yeah, it probably would have been a lot worse, yeah. you know, had it not been. So I just totally get fucking rear-ended. And at the time, too, we were, I was teaching out of our mom's boyfriend's house. He made, like, a home dojo for me to be able to, like, just do one-on-one training in. With some of the people who are like, hey, I really still want to train with you. I'm like, hey, I'm doing one-on-ones. I'll do small group privates. I wasn't, like, marketing for it or anything like that. Grassroots. Yeah, just doing it. Just, like, I needed, I wanted to be able to train while I was up here, hit the bag, spar with some people. Mm. And I got the insurance for it and stuff. And I just did it that way. So I, I was doing that at the time maybe for, like, a, a month max. Like, I helped him sand off the room and seal everything and just bolt everything down, get the mats. He was really awesome. He bought mats and stuff for me to be able to use. Um, he's a martial artist too and he's like I want to be able to go back to practicing karate and do my forms so it was like it, it was it worked out for him also and uh, but needless to say I was driving my car boom I get fucking rear-ended uh, and I just remember seeing him like oh like I remember like it just like everything went in slow-mo like get hit it's like boom hey what's up Mr. Lang Total slow mo, just sink back into my seat, like in the in the car. I just remember, it's like, oh, I remember, just instantly, I felt like a pinch in my back. I felt like a pop. I will be back. I will be back. Okay, man. All right, Arnold. Um, I'll be back. So, totally just sink back in my seat. I remember feeling some pop. I'm like, oh man, like that fucking sucked. What was that? Oh, and I just looked in the rearview mirror, and I just see this old lady just peeking over, just like this with these big old like got like glasses on, like shaky. I'm like, oh no. You know, I just got rear-ended by an old lady, you know, right, driving like a Chrysler or something like that. So, um, I'm able to pull over, and I go to get out, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't really walk. Like, this shit hurts. So I get out, I, I get out, and, like, scoot down, like, on my butt, like, onto the seat of the van, and um, someone comes over, they're like, you okay? I'm like, I think I am, and they go check on her. And I'm trying to get walk, can't walk, so I'm like, fuck, dude, I need to get out of the street. So I crawl over to, like, the grass on the side, like, next to the sidewalk. And I, I'm sitting there, and the guy's like, dude, just lay down. Just lay down. Yeah. Like, you, you just got hit fucking hard. Just lay down. I, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So I'm just like, all right. I'll just lay down. He's like, yeah, ambulance is on the way. And then uh, I was sitting there, ambulance is like, hey, like, you know, can you feel this? I'm like, dude, it hurts to raise my arms. I couldn't, I couldn't like, raise my arms past here. Yeah. Because uh, I'll get into a little bit later the injury stuff that happened. But I just remember thinking, like, fuck. It was a long recovery. Yeah. Well, this is after coming through that all that depression crap, too. Yeah, yeah we were shit. And then I got hit. And I just remember, they're like, I'm like, oh, man. And like, it just hit me. like, dude, I'm probably not going to be able to fight in, in a few weeks. Like, I'm fucked. Yeah, I, I just started crying because I was just like, dude, yeah. like, I put so much into this. That's why as a martial arts, and uh, for me at least as a stoic practitioner too, things you have control over, things you don't. Yeah, at the time though, just that that sucked. Yeah. You just say, fuck, this sucks. Yeah. You know, this sucks. I just got hit. I, I was just on my way, and I was literally at a stoplight, and I was stopped there for at least 10, 15 seconds, and boom, lady said she didn't see traffic stop. So she... 
I, I was driving a big green van. Like, you probably shouldn't be blue, driving. Right? Or blue, blue whatever color. So, um, you know. She just thought it was the sky, bro. She said how old. <laughs> she said that she ain't know traffic is stopped. Yeah. And there's a red light. I got so, hit by old day, too. Yeah. Oh, on your motorcycle. That's yeah. right. <clears throat> so, got taken to the hospital and uh, was having back spasms, all this stuff. Ended up, uh, you know, I couldn't even sit up to, like, do computer work. I couldn't have sex. Uh, you know, it was like it instantly. First thing I did is I went in and I like got like bags of ice. Started doing fucking ice baths. Started treating it like I just got in a rough fight, essentially, and um, just did everything I could to try to uh, recover from it. Yeah. Uh, our dad came over at the time, and you and Mom were working a lot. I think at Visual at the time. Mm, was that? I, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Gotcha. So, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. our, our dad came over and was helping me out, and he would, uh, drive me over. Sorry, guys. Shut up. No, I'm, yeah, sorry, I had podcast They time. just told us to shut up. Shut up. Shh. Hey. Let's see if I can turn this down. All right. So, I'll, I'll let that ring through, but, um, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Can I turn it off? There we go. There we go. All right. So, um, once I got into, um... You know, I, I got into rehab. I met uh, Dr. Tudor Marionescu. He ended up being able... He's like an uh, osteopath. And he understood martial arts. I got him, a chiropractor, and a yoga therapist. And they're all working together to, like, make me better. So Dr. Tudor worked for the Romanian uh, Olympic ski team for like, re- injury recovery and rehab. So I, for me, I wanted the best. Because I'm in the peak of my career. Like, about to go in the peak of my career, like, 24 years old. And I just got my back fucked up. You just got your shit pushed in. Yeah. And so, for me, they, they like, uh, we went to, like, uh, I was in the hospital. Like, I was pushing, like, dude, like, you need to give me an MRI. You need to give me an MRI. No, we're not going to give you an MRI. No, we're not going to give you an MRI. I'm like, dude, you need to give me a fucking MRI. And like, oh, we'll do x-ray. I'm like, no, you're not going to see shit. Yeah. They're, like, they're like, well, your, your back looks like it might, like might be out of line, but we can't tell what's going on there. You need an MRI. I'm like, yeah, I know. I need a fucking MRI. And they wouldn't give me an MRI. That's how bad our I, like, is. I even went as far, like, when I was in there, I can't remember. I might even just be like, oh, my head hurts. You know, like, just, just to, to like, get it. In. Just to get it, because when they say your head hurts, they'll more likely to go give you an MRI. The medical system's terrible. So they, they just wouldn't do it. I'm like, dude, this lady is going, like, like, 40, 45 miles per hour and just hit me. Like, think I need to get a fucking MRI. So uh, I go to Dr. Tudor, and he's like, dude, he's like, he's like you most likely have a herniated disc. Like, you have, like, I'm, like, 99.9% sure you have a herniated disc when you're telling me. I couldn't raise my arms, like, past here, and I couldn't walk. You know, my ex at the time was calling me Shuffles because I was shuffling around the house. Yeah, dude, it was a funny name. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's like, oh, Shuffles. I'm like, fuck, don't make fun of me right now. I'm depressed. I would have done that, too. I got so depressed. Well, I mean, when you think about it, it's like a coping mechanism. I just moved, we just moved in together, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I can't make money. Yeah. And I'm stuck on my back all day. Yeah. And can't have sex. It's like, yeah. what good? What good am I? Fuck. We'll so, them all when you're good for a paperweight, an expensive paperweight. Uh, yeah. Um, but that, yeah, that's that's kind of like I went, I went through this whole rehab process, and the person's insurance, the person's insurance, they had full comprehensive insurance, and they said that they wouldn't cover my treatment. They wanted me to go to one rehab. I'm like, no, I'm going to the best. Like fuck you. Yeah. Like, I need to go see the best people. I'm in the peak of my career. You need to make it so that way... You're supposed to be where you're at 
or better than when you got hit. That's yep. how, it, how insurance is supposed For to For any of you guys watching who don't understand that you need somebody to be a medical advocate for you, and literally a period of time you have to say, no, fuck that, this is what we're doing, and consult with other people, that's what you have to do these days. It is really bad. Yeah, so what I ended up doing was um, uh, I, I consulted with them, and uh, I, was, like, I was doing, I was pretty much doing like four days of therapy a week. It would be like two yoga sessions, one with a chiropractor, he was doing the electro-stim therapy yeah. for my back. And then what kind of yoga sessions you're doing. It was with Sabine. She yeah. was having me stretch, and she was doing massage to help get the muscles to stop spasming yeah. and help stretch them back out. And then uh, Doctor Tudor was doing like myofascial release uh, stuff with me, mm. and talking in talking with the chiropractor and with the yoga therapist about what you do. So I saw the I'll see the osteopath once a week. I'll see the yoga therapist twice a week. Oh, why am I live in? Sorry, we'll we'll get this back on here. Good. Maybe max out on length. Yeah, maybe, huh? Oh, okay. Next. I yeah. downloaded it, so I'll download it again. Saved. Ooh. Okay. So we'll get back onto here. In just a second. Okay. Get back on here again. Hey guys. So uh, sorry about that. We'll get back on. Sorry, our, our live ended. I guess we must have hit the max on it. Um, but once. I got on to, um, you know, that, that therapy stuff. Like, I started, like, getting a little bit better, you know, week by week, a little bit of progress. After, I think, like, three or four weeks, I stopped shuffling around. I was, like, I was able to, like, take more strides. Uh, the yoga, I had the yoga therapist. I had osteopath and chiropractor. And it just, it would allow me to start working. They had to, like, reprogram how I was moving my body. Because, like, everything was all fucked up. Yeah. Sabine went over, like, my foot strengthening exercises, which I still do. And because they were like, hey, this is key. You have flat feet. You're going to re-injure yourself. Your back injury you have is going to be triggered if you don't fit. Yeah, if you don't fix that now. Like, in a couple years, you're going to start having issues with it. And I do uh, if I don't keep up with my exercises on that. That's how important those are. Um, Like, your knee strengthening, leg strengthening, uh, and just stretching. And everybody always talks shit when I do like those hip movements and stuff, but they're really important, especially for me because I have the um, nerve stuff that's going on in my back. Go on about, I don't know, was three months of like just intense rehab. I want to say everybody like. I remember because I dropped you off uh, sometimes. Yeah, no, it was actually like, it was like five months of intense rehab. Yeah. Uh, five months of intense rehab uh, from like August. Cause that's when it was. It was August, I think it was August twenty first or seventeenth, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I ended up coming back, and I, I like I said, I hurt my back, and you know, I still had like those classes that were going on, but I wasn't teaching them. I wasn't able to train anybody. I was very careful about it. Um, I, I had our student Colin Austria at the time, who's moving back. Colin, if you're out there and you listen to this, shout out to you, man. Looking forward to you being back in California. Uh, he was like, hey, like, I can help you train these guys. Um, I'll just show up. You just tell us what to do. And that's what I did. I would just lay down and I, I would lay down coaching. Like, hey, do this, do this. If he wasn't there, I would just do the same thing. And it sucked, but like, I was very grateful. Like Jason Flynn and his wife, uh, Samantha, they were some of the people that were training with me at the time, Joey Zendejas. Yeah. Uh, Natalie. Uh, there are people who were all training with me during that time. Yeah, you're, you're like day zero people. Yep. So... Um, after that, like, you know, as I was going through rehab, I ended up, uh, you know, once I was able to start, I got cleared to like teach and be on my feet, not so much training. 
Uh, that's when I looked at subleasing like a, a studio. That's when we started. I was like, hey, man, like anybody out there, put it on Facebook. Facebook was really big then uh, with like everybody, even younger people. It's like, hey, is anybody out there knowing about subleasing space in the Ventura County area? It was a and, great platform back then. Yeah. And uh, Jason, Jason Flynn is like, hey, my cousin's subleasing a dance studio. She just uh, started like her business in. So I started, I was like, went over there, talked to him, like, this is perfect. And Osnar? Yeah, Julio from Sixon, he was like, dude, start it, start it, do it, bro. It's Fucking awesome. proud of you. Like, go, go, go. Another young uh, academy owner, along with his family. Uh, but he was super encouraging about it. I said, like, do it, man, do it. So uh, I found a place to sublease, worked out like an hourly rate, um, went through uh, some marketing stuff that I learned while I was working at the jiu-jitsu place. Uh, I knew how to do all the web design stuff, so I started marketing it. And, um, you know, I, like, as we were going through, I think it was January or it's like January. I think it was Jan like the end of January. Um, I was training and Nakui came up. He's like, Hey, um, you know, are you, are you cleared to fight yet? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, you know, I, I just like, I got cleared to like start training again. So yeah. I talked to our, um, I talked to the osteopath. I'm like, Hey, like, when do you think I should? He's like, well. He's like, you need to be where you're at, either like at or beyond where you're at when you had your injury. He's like, so you're two, you're three, like, three weeks out from a fight, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, well, that's that's a few weeks away. He's like, why don't you do it? We'll manage your care to make sure you're good and you didn't swing the pendulum too far. Uh, if you do, you're not going to be able to fight. And I told him, Aquid, and he's like, hey, well, let's, let's do it then. So I, I trained for my butt off for two weeks after not training for – uh, six seven months and I had a uh, substantial nerve injury in my back uh, with my with my disc and um, trained for three weeks. I went down there and uh, that's when Christian Hernandez came with me at the time too. And we showed up down there and Nakwe's like, oh, it's just big sparring. Don't worry about it, man. It, like they had me sign this stuff, this paper and everything. I'm like, oh, it's a, like you know. I was like, hey, is there elbow pads or anything? Like, no, no. I'm like, can we elbow? And they're like, yeah, you can elbow. I'm like, fuck, okay. A pro fight get thrown in the deep end right away so uh i was like all right fuck it whatever let's do it uh corner christian he won uh i taped up his hands taped up my hands uh and like me and Rem, my friend remy who made our logo yeah for the muay thai we both cornered him and then we took off christian's gloves put them on me put some linen on me real quick by the side of the ring put the monk on and i got in the ring so uh that one i was doing really good i stuck to knock game plan at the time uh, about a week prior, my uh, shoulder gave out. I couldn't throw my jab. I almost like mentally fucked myself. My friend Boren, the one who snapped his arm fighting Sanchai, yeah. uh, gave me some mental coaching at the time. He's like, dude, just say it. He used some affirmation stuff for me. He's like, no, you can do this. Say it. That's so important. I remember being in, my, in the in the probe just talking to him because I didn't want to wake up my ex and like her brother at the time. He's like, he's like you, just say it. You can do it. I'm like, I can do this. Yeah. Just say it. You could do it. I can do this. I can do this. He's a good friend. Yeah, and I remember feeling like, shit, dude, I feel better. He's like, do you feel better? I'm like, yeah. Dude, that's amazing. I didn't know that. And, well, he, I, I came to find out he used those affirmations when he was fighting a lot. Oh, yeah, of course. And, uh, which is why he's successful, too. So it's just like, hey, I can do this. And he's like, you're going to do it, man. Tired. Yeah, I don't get tired. But, I, of course, I couldn't throw my jab, so I knew that. So, which sucked because I needed to be able to use it because I was a little bit taller. I couldn't even do, I couldn't do anything. Oh, I couldn't do this. I couldn't put my arms straight out. I couldn't turn. All I could about do is this for kicking. So, Nakui's like, hey, just throw a lot of left kick. So, like, this guy I was fighting had like 40 plus pro fights. Jesus. This is like my second one. Yeah. 
And uh, I just was like, okay, whatever, I'll, I'll do it. And I just started left kicking the shit out of him as much as I could. I kicked him as hard as I could. If you guys know me, that's like, I can kick fucking hard. Bear shin, whack, right off the bat. And I, I think I looked at the video and we counted like something like 25 times where I kicked him as hard as I could. And I leg kicked him once with my right side. So he was smarter. He went in and he caught me with the elbow on the top of the head. And like, you know, towards the end of the first round, I got up and the referee says to me in English, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm okay. And then he starts speaking Spanish to me. I'm like, I'm okay. I'm okay. Was and that in Mexico? Yeah, in Mexico oh, yeah, City. I'm, like, I'm okay. I'm okay. This is on TV Azteca, too. It was on TV in Mexico. Yep. And I was the, hey, by the way, oh, not only was it a fight. Oh, what's up, Bobby? Bobby Taylor, 805. Um, what ended up happening was uh, after I got dropped, uh, I got up and he was saying in Spanish, like, you know, Telling after. You yeah, he was saying manos arriba. Thingy out there, my dumbass didn't learn Spanish going through high school. So all we know is puto, 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 pito, all that stupid stuff. So uh, I was like, I'm okay, and then he waited off. I'm like, what? What the? What happened? And my friend Remy speaks Spanish, and Christian, of course, speaks Spanish. Yeah. And they're like, dude, they were saying, hey, put your hands up to your face. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I, I was saying I was okay. And no hablo español. No the, the, like Christian, the fight Christian had before yeah. was uh, like that guy was like walking around with his hands at his waist. Like he didn't want to fight at all. And Christian okay. had to like make it so he didn't get up. Yeah. So I, I was – it was very much like I feel a little bit like political. Yeah. So because uh, yeah. it was on TV, it's like, hey, they need to build the, their fighters and stuff too. But, man, I get the fucking short end of the stick from this, some of these international fights. But whatever. Fuck it. Whatever. Uh, I trained two weeks. I came off a major back injury. I uh, went out there and I fucking did it. And it, it sucked because like, I was like, fuck, man. Like, I was feeling so good and confident on that yeah. fight. And I was sticking to the game plan. I got caught. I got back up. The end of the fight, I had a little bump. Like, just a little bump on the top of my head because this guy came down, boom, just straight elbow right down the Remember middle. that story? You're going to go to Mexico? You'll speak Spanish. Yes. Uh, yes. Definitely learn how to speak some Spanish. Especially with just the fight-related terms. Especially manos arriba. Yeah. Hands up. Yep. Um... And the thing is, too, is the round had ended. Like I would have just went back to my corner. Yeah. And I would have had a two-minute break. Good. So it was like, what the fuck? But anyways. The guy you had to take the Yeah, it was a main event fight, too. I'm like, you know, when I was looking on there, they're like, don't want them, ooh, Super Estrella. I'm like, what does Super Estrella mean? And Chris was like, oh, it means main event. I was like, oh. <laughs> Shit, all right. And uh, all the fight fans were bummed, too. They're like, dude, why the fuck did they stop that? Like, yeah. even the people that were there in Mexico. You didn't look dazed. You're No. Out. Like, everybody's like, dude, what? I don't know why they stopped that. They shouldn't have. Like, that was, that was BS. Yeah. So, uh, we're walking around. I'll, I'll respect to Daniel Rico, very strong fighter. He was limping around. He was all welted up. For me, I had a bump in my head. I kicked him once in the leg, and he's limping around. So, I, I would like to play that back. You know, if I get a chance to go to Mexico City and fight Daniel Rico, fuck, I'll do it again. Just no Spanish next time. Dude, just, just fight. <laughs> hey, man, this this time I have I have actual training that you know I have some training uh, record back underneath me. So we're the, keep in mind we were training on like about twelve pieces of puzzle mat on a, in the middle of a dance studio in Oxnard on wood floors. We train from like eight thirty at night until like twelve midnight. You know, I teach my class, and then we would just train with knockweed. And then Saturdays, we'd do the same thing if we had time. So, like, keep in mind, we were, 
I was just had no bags to hit, just pads and some bodies to clinch with and spar. Just grit, bare yeah. bones, bare minimum. And like and nothing else. Uh, and then, you know, when I moved back like once I came back from that fight, trained one of our first fighters from there, Anthony Wynn, who's going to be a doctor. He's becoming an osteopath. Sweet. Which is good. Um but yeah, we ended up coming back and uh we kinda came into the next chapter, which is when we ended up here in this building that we're in right now. Uh, in Ventura, right across from the high school. Uh, but th that's where we're going to leave that story today. Uh, but I wanted to show this. This is what I had you bring out of the back. When I was talking about Sanchez fighting Kevin Ross earlier, I have it here on the podcast. So these are the shorts that Sanchez fought Kevin Ross in. See the WBC. Dancing with Sanchez. Yeah. So these are, I guess they're a piece of like American Muay Thai history now. Um, when Sanchez fought Kevin Ross. So that's pretty badass. Uh, Ajahn Nakwe gave these to me. Is there anything on the back? I can't remember. I think it's like the, yeah, Yokao, uh, and yeah, the Yokao gym and everything like that too. What's up, Scott? The wizard. So, I, I mean, that's just a little bit of history from that. And it's cool to be able to have that. I had it in a nice glass box. My staff accidentally broke it because me being stupid and not finishing the project left it behind the front desk and it got broken. So, it'll go up again eventually. Uh, but I, I'd like to leave it a little bit, some Q&A here. If anybody's here in chat... Uh, has any questions about like kind of what I just talked about because that we covered a lot today We talked a lot. What about you? You got any? A lot. Do you have anything to contribute? Oh, yeah I talked earlier in class today about how nice and clean this place is compared to a lot of academies I've been in mm -hmm. and I was like some of the the most greedy where they have some of the like trippiest fighters You're like you train here like I got to recently visit uh, the shake the shack system, which is amazing They got some really good fighters out there uh -huh. uh, Crew rusty. It's just like Real simple, like hole in the wall. Shout to the Shack system. Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome people. Like some great students. I got to meet Isaac. I got to work with him a couple weeks ago. Super nice people. But yeah, some of the Muay Thai academies, generally they're not nice. They're not pretty. This place is almost too nice, but I mean, I might have yeah. a shittier. Yeah, maybe you got to dirty it up a little bit, make it smell like feet. Yeah. So uh, I know, but that fills in some of the gaps. I know earlier you were asking me like where I was training. Yeah. And like, timeline. yeah, the timeline and stuff like that. Cause they, there was a lot there that, that happened and it was just about going above and beyond to be able to do what I wanted to do. And that idea in mind, I'm just like, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. And I had like, not believed in me, of course. Um, I, mean, I know he didn't think it was going to happen as fast as it did though. He's a, with the gym? Yeah. Oh yeah. The yeah. gym thing that this is something like the, the academy. Yeah. Uh, that, like I said, that just ended up kind of manifesting which we'll get into in the next part in part three of this because we could be here it's 5 45 right now yeah, we're gonna wrap it yeah we're gonna wrap up here um but i guess you know going into uh finishing up here you know with uh covid19 shutdowns if you guys didn't know we're still open i can't say business as usual as of today july 18th but we're in business and we're operating uh, very, I know there's a lot of the people that uh, are open as well still that aren't technically supposed to be open. Speakeasy Muay Thai. Yeah, well, it's it's like, you know, the the main thing is like having the, we're almost like, like with the back door open, the front door is open here. It's pretty much an open air scenario, especially with the air being pulled in fresh from the outside into the, throughout the training floor. We have the ozonator and all that stuff too. It's like there's... And, and the the distancing, we've been doing all bad classes this week and stuff as well. And it's like, come on, man! Like we're we're doing everything we can, 
and I, like, I'm just going to, like, I talked about it before, like, on the podcast, I did one by myself. It's like, hey, like, if this doesn't work, like, I have to close down. Yeah. Because uh, our landlord, like, the property manager says something different than the landlord. Property manager gets a commission. They get yeah. a percentage of rents and stuff. So, of course, they want you to pay full rent. Landlord. So, you're getting, like, some conflicting weird, stories. Yeah, conflicting stories. And at, you have to understand their perspective. They, they're renting Definitely. a building, and they have to pay expenses. Like, yeah. for me, I want to pay them. Not to get too political, but let's just say the city of Ventura, the government here, has not done shit for, like, businesses at all. And just so you know, too, I'm, I know you heard this. So we close in March. Business tax license renewal is in July. It's by June, 30, June 30th. It's supposed to be July 1st. Man, they asked me to still pay it. I'm like, how? Like, we just opened up last week. We had three three months that we paid for that we didn't get to use. Like, well, you still have to pay it. Like, well, you can put a deferral and you can pay it later. I'm they like, just said, fuck you, pay me. Yeah, they just said, well, I'm like, well, what are you guys doing? What, what am I paying for? Yeah. And they like they pretty much had no answer. They said you have to pay it. And I said, I'm not. I'll pay you guys in October. Yeah. And I'll pay you for from October until June. That's what I'm gonna pay you. No fees, no fines. And they haven't contacted me back since. But you see a lot of like the push. They have like the Ventura Visitor Center. And all they all I'm seeing is promoting alcohol in restaurants. Consumption. And downtown. Yeah. Downtown only. I'm seeing they're starting to do some stuff here in the East End. Like they do Pete's Breakfast House, like these like landmark places that attract tourists because they're they're big on the tourist push. But then they're they're like, hey, these breweries are struggling too. And I don't know how bad they're struggling. I'm sure they are. Yeah. Like everybody is. But it's like I know one of the breweries, I'm not gonna name names, they have like four tasting rooms. Yeah. In all throughout Ventura County. There, so there's like, a hot spot for for breweries. Ventura yeah. has actually done really well with it. Yeah, and but the, and we get an alcohol tax. You yeah. know, so they get a lot. It's like thirty percent alcohol tax. So I don't blame them for wanting to promote that. But those, the same thing, the visit Ventura thing is like, oh, we're all about community. I'm like, well, if you're about community, how about you step the fuck up? Yeah. Yeah, and and like actually promote the rest of the community, not just downtown. We have downtown uh, Ventura bureau, the DVO that that promotes that. Visit Ventura should be all Ventura, you know, and and to be able to promote that kind of stuff. Like, for me, we were supposed to have some guests here from Norway. Uh, I was going to have some other guests come in from Canada to come stay and train down here, stay at Airbnb and train with us and do, like, a specialized training camp for them uh, and be able to go to the beach because this is a good tourist place. Definitely. Like, for me, I'm doing, like, what they promote, and they don't want it. They're not helping at all. And uh, we had a lot of people who, you know, didn't like that we stayed open. They just didn't like it, uh, and they, you Let know, let them be offended. Yeah, and the, here's the thing, guys. Like, it's not about money. It's not about money for me. Like, I could go, I could go teach one-on-one lessons somewhere else and make a lot of money and go do business coaching. I could go work for another place, but that's not what I want to do. Like, we spent so much invested into here. I want to keep this going for people for years to come. Muay Thai, you mean therapy? Yes, exactly. Well, that that was therapy for me. Like yeah. we talked about in part one, how it was for my anxiety. You know, hundred percent. So, uh, going into that, yeah, like with the therapy stuff, like you know, I have you, Coach Giovanni, Coach Ralph, uh, and a couple of other guys helping out coach the classes. I'm like, I'm not on a set coaching schedule right now. Like, I had some people reach out to me, like, hey, like, I don't want to train if you're not there, and you know, for me, like. I understand where you're coming from, but I also want you to understand that if I put all my eggs into this basket right now and it goes under, it's not going to survive. So let that sink in and know that when you guys sit, like when I'm doing stuff, it's for the betterment of the academy. 
pushing for that forward. Yeah, I have. We have to build the team. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm helping Coach Ryan get on his feet. I just have to remember that Coach Ryan quit his day job to be able to run uh, Putin Muay Thai Santa Barbara. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I'm trying to help him get started with his stuff. So they're in a sublease location. They're, he was affected way more than we were yeah. because of just his uh, financial situation up there. And I, I'm trying to help him get up on his feet so that way he's not, you know, eating a shit sandwich for that much longer. Logistics. Anytime people ask, I'm like, hey, my brother's handling logistics. Yep. I'm and here doing the day-to-day. You got to do the logistics. And that, that's the thing, too, is like, you know, I, I want – don't get me wrong. I would love to just be hanging out here all day. Yeah. And, and just teach and – have you guys here? I would be loving to do that, but I can't. Like, if I don't focus on stuff like podcasts, if I don't focus on stuff like our merch, um, our marketing, the push it, yeah, this push to get new stuff and create additional, uh, and like writing a book, doing the stuff to uh, establish our academy more, we're not going to be able to be open. You know, and it's going to be like, hey, that's great. I spent all my time working the academy, and because of that, we went out of business. Yeah, yeah, but you make sure you're focusing on the right shit. But of course, a lot of people don't own businesses. And they don't so understand. But that's why I'm sharing. I'm sharing that yeah. right now because I really feel like it's very important for people to understand that. Yeah, I agree. I, and like, I, I'm not mad at you guys for asking that. Just so you know, I get frustrated at myself because then it makes me question myself. Like, am I making the right decision? And I go back to it. I'm like, yes, I am. Um, more nasty at yourself but yeah. also and make tough decisions I've, I've still been in here on the mats yeah. like the thing is guys come in here come train with the coaches I may be here for a class to teach if I have the energy to come in and teach then I'll be here if I don't have the energy to teach and like I've been dealing out water out of the sinking ship of Putin Muay Thai because of COVID know that you don't want me teaching you you want Coach Josh, you want Coach Ralph, you want Coach Javon, you want Coach Tomas yeah literally I'll just Todd. step in a period of time and be like bro if you need to go handle this thing I got it and it's come to that, you know, a couple yeah. times where I'm like, hey, I hear you. All right, last minute I realized, like, all right, well, I need to be here and you need to yeah. get out. Because, <laughs> like, for me, it, like, sometimes it's just, like, I'll, I'll start at, like, 5 a.m. and I'm literally building water. I feel like I'm building water out of the boat all the way until, like, my class that I have to teach. And I'm just exhausted at that point, frustrated, and trying to, like, close these things out. And... um like I said, if those things don't get finished, then the academy is like the the academy is gonna go away, and I, I don't want that to happen. So my goal is to keep it open and keep it going for years to come for you guys. There's still great demand, providing a great service to people. I mean, I didn't understand how great a service until I saw how people were behaving during the shutdown. Notice how we have our theme of the month. It's still integrity for integrity. the last three months plus because people forgot that shit so much in public. Oh, yeah, the integrity, you know, and, and this goes into, um, like, like I said, I mean, I'm supposed to be closed. I'm still open. I'm going to just be straight up about that because, like, I, I'm not going to lie and say we're not and then do behind closed doors because I have integrity. I'm, you know, I, I feel this is the right thing to do right now. Um, and, you know, there, there's other examples of people that are like, hey, like, what about New Zealand, for example? It's like, well, they froze everybody's rent. And then they paid for everything. Yep. If if our government did that and for and took care of our landlord's expenses or whatever it may be and we're able to just close down, sure I'd do it because that means I have a business to come back to and, and a community to be able to support again. Apples to oranges though. Yeah, it's Not just even apples completely different. No. They're different worlds. They're different cultures. You can't compare. It's like comparing Thailand to the U.S. They're different. Yeah. You can't do a professional Muay Thai style camp as a business model here in the U.S. currently. Um. You know, it's like you get that word. Of the, oh, it's not how they do it in town. It's like, yeah, motherfucker, you can't do that here because it doesn't work here because you can't train like that all the time. 
Um, and I really, like, you can do it to the extent, but then there's some things that you, you have to, there's a reason why we do everything we do. There's, there's a method to the madness, per se. So. Yeah, well, um, you know, with that said, guys, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Have a great weekend. For those of you on Instagram, uh, make sure to go follow us on TikTok, at Pu Muay Thai, Instagram, at Pu Muay Thai. Um, we had some funny content over on TikTok. You guys haven't been on there. Uh, also on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe over on YouTube, um, the Pu Muay Thai channel over on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, please go subscribe uh, to the podcast. We're also on Spotify. Uh, same thing, follow us on Spotify. Uh, your reviews matter, guys. Your reviews matter. Spotify, whoop, whoop. Yeah, on, on iTunes, if you leave a review, uh, be genuine about it. You know, if you think, hey, this sucks, one star, tell me why it sucks. All right, that way I can get better. All right? Um, but again, guys, thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, and then I look forward to seeing everybody training when I come in uh, through this next week. Stay happy, stay healthy, and uh, stay tuned. So what do you got? What do you got?